San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins faces blowback after saying the homeless should be made uncomfortable. I got a new word. We're going to be talking about uncomfortable. What does this mean? This was in, uh, it was in a big meeting with uh, the mayor, chief of police, district attorney. She's saying stuff and oh, people are worked up. Let's get into it. Here we go. Yeah, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. I have concerns. People are being made to feel uncomfortable. Let's watch just a quick video here. Asking them if they want support and trying to do the job in order to help people into treatment, into housing, and whatever else San Francisco is providing. On any given night, we are paying for over 16,000 people to be housed in various layers of housing, including permanently supportive housing, treatment, and other things. That number continues to go up considerably. We are not stopping, but we can no longer be a place where anything goes, where we are going to be able to solve all all of those problems. Eventually, there just isn't enough resources, support, money, staffing, and all those different things in order to deal with this problem, which is not just a San Francisco problem. It's a problem all over the state of California. And that's really why we're getting a lot more help and support from the governor, which he just made a big announcement about. Okay, but let's let's take a look at, at the at the bare truth here. Your own departments have taken surveys, and they found that fifty two percent of the people approached turned down housing. Mm-hmm. Said, no, no, wait, no. some most of the time, on average, over sixty. Okay, over sixty. So question, Ooh. District Attorney Jenkins: Is there anything legal that can be done? Here we go. For that fifty percent, that's half of the homeless population in San Francisco that just basically says, "I don't care how many times you come out and see me, this I don't want to go." Is there any, what, what's the, what's the recourse? So that, I think the recourse is obviously outside of the criminal justice system, but. Is it? Uh, it is. I mean, the criminal so justice system is. Somebody can just say, no, I'm, I'm camping here. Well, Pretty no, much. they have to be made to be uncomfortable is the truth. Oh. We cannot oh. make it comfortable for what? them to pitch a what? tent on our sidewalks and stay. Oh. And so that's the theory of, of being able to now respond and say, you have been offered shelter. You have refused it. Now you must move. And we have to stay vigilant. Is, then that would be the let's, police chief. Let, 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 let's replay that. What's the recourse? So that, I think the recourse is obviously outside of the criminal justice system. But Is it? Uh, it is. I mean, the criminal so justice system is. Somebody can just say, no, I'm, I'm camping here. Well, no, they have to be made to be uncomfortable, is the truth of the matter. We cannot make it comfortable for them to pitch a tent on our sidewalks and stay. And so that's the theory. <laughs> but of you have. You have. You've been offered shelter. You have <laughs> refused it. Now you must move. And we have to stay vigilant. Is, then that would be the police chief. You'd be the one out there telling them to move, right? Your, your force? Yes, correct. So and the, I don't think the police really want to do that. No, well, they don't. The, the laws that are enforceable, particularly... The police don't have the bandwidth to do that. It just, they just don't. It, this is so far outside. But, and what the chief goes on to say is, we're going to have to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to have to keep doing the sweeps because otherwise the whole system just implodes like it is now. If you do nothing, that is worse than the alternative, which is you do some sweeps when you can. 
So, yeah, there you go. I mean, you've got the mayor, you've got the chief of police, you got the district attorney, and the district attorney is literally coming right out and saying, but we've been saying forever, you can't just coddle people and let them live wherever the F they want, because then you're going to end up like San Francisco is right now. All right, let's get back to the other part of the article here. San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins is taking heat for recent controversial comments that homeless people have to be made uncomfortable. You said the the U word, uncomfortable. Oh, no, 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 no. We need to make the homeless comfortable. We need to give them tents. We need to give them blankets. We need to give them sleeping bags. We need to give them food. We need to give them water. We need to give them money. We need to give them everything but the drugs that they are abusing so that they can kill themselves on the city sidewalks. That's literally what we've been doing. So now getting a little bit of pushback because she said, oh, we got to make them feel uncomfortable because so many of them, people are recognizing so many of them are there voluntarily, voluntarily. And that is the big push, but that's the big, that's what this hinges on is if somebody doesn't accept, accept shelter and they voluntarily stay on the streets, are they actually homeless? And that's, that's something that's being, it, it's being worked out in the courts right now. It's a reference to the idea that regularly sweeping encampments encourages unhoused people to accept offers of shelter. I think you have to do that. You have to do that. Yeah, you're playing whack-a-mole with the homeless population, but you're also sending the message. It doesn't really do anything, but here's what it does do. It makes people think twice about, well, I'm just going to pitch a tent right here. Literally. It, it makes them, okay, yeah. And the more that folks have to move, the more that their lives are in, in upheaval. And they're in upheaval because they are living illegally on the streets, living a lifestyle that is way outside the bounds of the law. During a December 4th public forum dubbed Take Action San Francisco, Jenkins was asked by KGO TV reporter and former Chronicle columnist Phil Mattier if anything legal could be done about thousands of unsheltered San Franciscans declining shelter and unservice. Got 16,000 people in shelters in San Francisco. And the homeless population, who knows what that actually is? Because those pit counts, those point in time counts, those are just a best guess at, 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 uh, at best, right? Jenkins initially replied that the recourse is obviously outside the criminal justice system. Is it? I mean, who's going to take care of it? Who is going to enforce no tents on the sidewalk? And it's the police, right? It's the police. That is the entity that this is going to fall to. But when pressed by Maytier again, the city's top prosecutor continued, they have to be made to feel uncomfortable. They have to be made to be uncomfortable is the truth of the matter. Oh, and people are wigging out over that. They are just like minds blown. Uncomfortable? No, no, that's that's not compassionate. Letting people, you know, kill themselves on the sidewalks in our streets. That is not compassion either. We cannot make it comfortable for them to pitch a tent on our sidewalks and stay. She said, we heard her say that. So that's the theory of being able to now respond and say, now you have been offered shelter. You've refused it. Now you must move. Yeah, this is pretty straightforward. This is pretty basic. The comment made by Jenkins, which suggests that living on the streets can be comfortable, 
comes amid continuing debate in San Francisco and in major cities across the nation over when officials should be allowed to clear encampments. Are they comfortable in Seattle? Absolutely. Are they comfortable in Portland? Yes. Are they comfortable in LA? Yes. And by that, I mean it's not comfortable to physically sleep in a tent, but they're made comfortable from the standpoint of nobody is saying, hey, you can't be here. You can't just, you can't just live wherever. You can't live in squalor. You can't have human feces all around you. You can't have used hypodermic needles. You, you, you can't be stealing stuff, selling stuff. You can't have prostitution just running wide open. You see in so many of these encampments, you can't have that stuff. And from that standpoint, so many of these communities have been made to feel comfortable because they haven't been swept. They haven't just consistently, hey, you can't be here. We're offering you shelter. Let's move along. We're offering you shelter. Let's move along. You can either take shelter or we're going to put you in jail. You know, and so many people are at that point, they're saying, but it's not a, it shouldn't be illegal to be homeless. Well, that's where the crux of the argument is. Are they homeless if they choose not to accept shelter? That's the big rub, right? Homeless advocates say such sweeps are cruel and further destabilize unsheltered individuals while wasting public money that should instead go towards housing and treatment. The politicians, such as Mayor London Breed and Governor Gavin Newsom, argue that permitting people, permitting people, some of whom are dealing with men untreated mental illness or substance abuse to live in squalor, also is not a viable option. <laughs> I see so many of these polls or I see so many of these statistics and what always comes to mind is try and get a reasonable answer out of somebody who is mentally ill and hooked on drugs. What is that going to look like? So yeah, the statistics say this, the statistics say 60% are not accepting housing it's like, okay, and how many of them are just so whacked out of their minds, they're not even part of this equation. The people screaming at the clouds, at the trees, at the grass, you know, whatever it might be. These people you can't reason with because they really need some help. And that's a large portion of what we're talking about. These people who are not accepting shelter because they can't stay within the confines of a shelter because they are so far gone. City data indicates that in recent years, unhoused people have refused shelters, re referrals for shelter in more than half of the instances in which an outreach worker is engaged with them. I think it's way more than that. The videos and the interviews that I watch time and time and time again, people say, if you were offered shelter, would you take it? And they'd say, no, they, they so often say no. I've got all my contacts out here. I know where to buy my drugs. I know where to steal my stuff. I know where to sell my stuff. They don't come necessarily right out and say that. They just say, this is a comfortable environment for me. Again, it comes down to they are okay in the homeless encampment because they've got everything around them that they need to operate. And so they do. In November, for instance, street outreach workers engaged 350 people, offering them shelter and services. In 213 of those encounters, or 60% of them, people declined assistance, city data showed. Advocates argue that shelters are not viable long-term housing options, and many individuals reject shelters because of the living conditions. <laughs> so you got a city-sponsored shelter, and you're saying that the tent, the squalor of the tent is better? 
okay, and strict rules that bar bringing pets and belongings with them. It's not the pets and the belongings. It's that they can't do drugs and they have to abide by a curfew. And these folks, they aren't, they are not physically capable. They are not mentally capable of engaging in any of these societal rules, which come with, all right, we got a bunch of people here. We got to make this all work for everybody. When city outreach workers offered Richie Hampton, a bed at a shelter earlier this month, the 29-year-old said that she declined because of restrictions on visitors and the belongings she was permitted to take with her. You can only take a bag or two. You can't take all your stuff, right? So I, I get that, but living in a tent is also not an option is what we're saying. After turning down the bed, public work employees and police officers came by and instructed her to move. Time to move along. When she couldn't carry the tent she was sleeping in, Hampton said they took it away. How many times have they told her, you need to move, you need to move, you need to move? Guaranteed, it's way beyond just this one encounter. It's really frustrating, she said. I spent money on this stuff. There's consequences when people tell you this is what's going to happen. And when it happens, you can't be shocked that it happened, right? The city's policy is to provide street dwellers with 72-hour notice before an encampment cleaning. And oftentimes you will hear the folks interviewed, I didn't hear anything. I, well, it's because you were whacked out of your mind on drugs. You were sleeping in. You didn't hear that, that person come by and say, hey, we're clearing out. Got to be out in 72 hours. You didn't physically hear it. And then somebody tells you when you're waking up trying to you know, shrug off that the evening before. Somebody tells you, man, we got to go. And then you say, ah, deal with that when we do. And that's literally when you see the interview. Did anybody ask you if you, did anybody tell you you needed to take shelter? Nope, nobody came by. Yeah. And then you see the posters posted on the telephone poles. You see them posted in the areas of these encampments and they're dated XYZ a week beforehand. And you're like, okay, so you just didn't read what you got going on in your own environment because they're whacked out of their mind on drugs. It's not that hard to figure out. When city workers came across unattended but not abandoned belongings, they're supposed to bag the, and tag the property and hold on to it for 90 days. And you and I, the taxpaying citizens, we pay for that storage. If owners are present but fail to collect and move their belongings, Public Works is required to engage police and then bag and tag the items. Hampton said that she was not informed that she could recoup her tent later. So much of this is just nonsense, right? It's it's just nonsense. <laughs> All right. Do those who reject shelter choose homelessness in San Francisco and beyond? The answer means everything. Let's touch on this for just a second. So here is the here's the guts of this. Talks about District Attorney Brooks Jenkins suggestions that last week when some people living on the streets are too comfortable there. And you know those advocates are just like, ah, oh, their 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 heads are literally exploding. The the homeless aren't comfortable on the sidewalk. What are you talking about? They're already uncomfortable. You're gonna make them more uncomfortable? That's not humane. That's not compassionate. Take your blue hair and go somewhere else, right? And yeah, <laughs> before I say more there. But Jenkins' characterization likely didn't surprise anyone who's been following two key lawsuits. 
over city's efforts to clear encampments, a federal suit filed by the Coalition on Homelessness against San Francisco over its enforcement actions against the homeless, and a civil case out of Grants Pass, Oregon, that the Superior, the Supreme Court is deciding whether to weigh in on. That would be an interesting one. Love to see the Supreme Court throw that one in there. All right. Yeah, because in both, officials representing city and state governments argue that people living on the streets who decline an offer to relocate to temporary shelter are thereby, uh, therefore, thereby choice. In other words, that they are voluntarily homeless. And that is what we're seeing, right? That's what we're seeing. Because if, if folks were, were taking the shelter and consistently working on trying to get to a better place with their lives, you wouldn't see these encampments just in mass. You just wouldn't see them because people would be taking that offer and working their way back to becoming normal citizens. Whatever that means, you know, employed, taxpaying, all that good stuff. And I'm not saying everybody's going to be able to, you know, jump back into that role because so many of these people are going to need to go through treatment first. And then so many of these people are going to need to get the psychiatric care that they clearly need that they're not getting with a combination of what they've got going on. And these cities just, you know, allowing it to happen. That's because there's a body of case law dealing with the rights of homeless people. It hinges on this concept of whether a person's conduct is voluntary. Are they voluntarily there on the streets? Well, we've just heard that 60% of them are. And I think that number is, is way greater. It, it's, it's way greater because those are the answers that are just straight up. Yeah. I would not take shelter. You've got so many of these people that you're not going to get an answer out of them, period, right? I mean, it's just, they are not physically capable of having a conversation. I don't know if you've ever run into some of these people, the people with no shoes on in the middle of winter, the people with no shirts on, dudes, um, scrounging around, you know, darting in and out of alleyways. If you've been in a, in a Democrat run city in the downtown core, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, these, these, these people are, you know, to call them people is tricky. They need massive amounts of help and having a conversation with them. There's no having a conversation with these folks. They are literally whacked out of their minds. They do not have the ability to talk and reason through why you're living in a tent on the sidewalk in the middle of downtown San Francisco. They don't have that ability. So, so much of this is, to me, is it's, it's kind of a misnomer, but let's just go with the 60%. Okay. All right. Uh, that's over half. So you can, you can easily say, I don't think there's much more in this article. He kind of gets into the Martin versus Boise, um, talking about whether you can sweep people. And that is what, that's what the crux of, of, of all these arguments is. And San Francisco had a situation this past summer where they were doing some sweeps and then you had that lawsuit at, uh, at the state level. And, uh, you know, maybe that gets kicked up. Maybe, you know, maybe one of these cases does get taken all the way to the, to the, uh, Supreme Court. <laughs> 
I don't think that would go all that well, right? I mean, just with the way the Supreme Court's been been operating, I don't think that would go with all that well for the homeless advocates. I think that would be a boom. And now you've got mayors like London Breed. I know people say, hey, she's just saying stuff. She's not getting anything done and things have gotten worse. Now, between her and, and uh, Brooks Jenkins, they're saying some stuff that's, Okay. All right. They are at least identifying a pathway forward. Whether they can get there, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't trust anybody that's in this equation currently right now. I just don't because they're the ones that got us into this position or got the city of San Francisco into the position. We've got situations here in Seattle where the mayor is just going ham on trying to clean up the city and he's done sweep after sweep after sweep. But at the end of the day, unless you get these people the help that they need, these are all just temporary fixes. Well, let's put you into a shelter overnight. All right. So where are you going to go the next day? You're going to pop on out. You're going to go smoke your fentanyl. You're going to shoot your meth. You're going to do whatever. Until you start to get some of that stuff squared away, none of this stuff is going anywhere other than just sideways, meaning these are going to be lateral movements. Whether or not you can kick people off the streets is one thing. Whether or not you can forcibly put them into treatment or forcibly put them into some kind of psychiatric care that they probably need, those are the way larger discussions that need to be happening. And I, that I think moving forward will have to happen. Because what you've got going on here isn't a sustainable long-term process. You just can't have this go on forever. Somebody somewhere sometime is going to go, this is some nonsense. But when you've got a situation where everybody has voted this in, (laughs) this is what you get. So right now, I think what you're seeing is you are seeing pushback from the public who voted this stuff in. This didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen, you know, this wasn't just some miracle. But now there's enough pushback from the general public who voted this stuff in that the politicians, including Governor Governor Gavin Newsom, he's pumping some money into crime prevention. He's pumping some money into sweeping the homeless. But only doing that because I think these politicians, including the district attorney, recognize that the general public is, they're saying no go. This is not going to work. But the political will there to really do the work of getting these people the help that they need, we're nowhere close to that now. We're nowhere close to that. I mean, hell, we've just been, you know, decriminalizing drugs. You know, we've just gotten through that run. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? What shenanigans could come out of this, right? All kinds of shenanigans. And that is literally, that's what the public is pushing back. The poop shenanigans, the needle shenanigans, the bipping shenanigans, right? (laughs) Breaking in progress. I mean, the organized retail theft, everything that goes along with all of this ridiculousness with defunding the police and going down all these far hard, you know, left wing crazy stunts. And now we're left with, man, we got a lot of tents here and we don't have any police to basically, you know, keep the community safe. Oof, yeah, this is a hot potato. So now you are hearing these politicians 
doing a little bit of pushback, making people think, wow, we might need to make them uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, right? That's a new word, uncomfortable. Right there with concern. I have concerns with these people bashing all the windows out of cars and stealing things. And you'll see videos where somebody just literally marches down every single car on a block and just whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. let's rifle through and see what we got. I mean, that kind of unbridled, just, you know, <laughs> violence towards the windows yeah, if it's an inanimate inanimate object, is it really violence? Yes, it is. It's and it's also breaking the law. So you've got so many of these things going on right now that there's some pushback. People are being made to feel uncomfortable, but we don't really have what it's going to take to provide the end solution. And that's you got to get some people into treatment, and you got to get some people drug treatment. And you got to get some people into psychiatric care, or you got to be willing to throw them in jail. And I don't think anybody's there. If if you've got people getting worked up about being uncomfortable, <laughs> what does that tell you? You've got lawsuits saying, "Hey, no, these people need to be able to stay there. You can't sweep them. That's unconstitutional." Yeah, we'll let the court system work that out. I don't have any great faith in it. I think we're going to be bogged down in this stuff forever. It's going to, you're going to have some ebb and you're going to have some flow. You, you've also got some, you know, people saying, Hey, you need new leadership and I'm here. But is there the political will of the people to get that done? Well, we're going to have to see. Chicago certainly is the prime example. They're the poster child for who not to bring in as mayor. Let's go, Brandon Johnson. I mean, that guy, some of the decisions he's making, you're like, what? You do, you're doing what? This whole illegal immigration thing. Now you've got suburbs in Chicago that are, you know, threatening to sue bus lines, dropping people off, illegal immigrants off. You, 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 they're threatening to arrest bus drivers. <laughs> I mean, you're a sanctuary city. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. No, uh, our budget is gone. We, we spent it all. We don't have enough money to run, you know, pro projects and programs for our own citizens. We can't be taking in any more illegal immigrants. Yeah, but you said you were a sanctuary city. All of that kind of stuff, those kind of shenanigans, right? We got a lot of tomfoolery going on, don't we? <laughs> we do. But Brooke Jenkins, she's taking it right now because she's saying the homeless need to be made to feel uncomfortable. And I agree 100%. What's that going to look like? Well, if the chief of police is kind of like, well, I think we kind of got to keep doing the sweeps. That's not exactly, <laughs> it's not exactly a real big confidence booster because the chief of police knows that the police don't have the bandwidth to take care of all the homeless folks. Just don't. So it's going to take a massive coordinated effort to clear the streets of all the homeless. And we just, San Fran doesn't have the ability to do that. Portland doesn't have the ability to, LA, any of these major Democrat-run big urban cities. You know, everybody kind of knows what the drill is. All right, that area over there, it's going to stay about the same. All you can do is hope to contain it. And um, in moving forward, you know, you, you've got an escape from New York deal, right? Crazy situation. But again, this is what the people wanted. So give it to them. Oh, you did? Oh, but yeah, now we got to make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, how's that going to work out? 
Keep following right here because I'm going to cover it. All right. That's it for me on this one. Thanks so much for being here. I'll catch up with you in the next one. Bye for now.